Well, hello there. Welcome back to the show. Dr. Movie. Driving down the road. My name's Rick, by the way, if you don't know who I am, if you haven't checked out the show before. And this movie that we're talking about today, draw you, draw you in, drew you in. You can't draw you in. That's improper English, which I'm full of. And uh, if you don't know the, uh, the background of this show, it's little short episodes... 15, 20 minutes long, maybe even shorter, matters matters how I feel, but I'm doing movie reviews while I'm driving to work, Uh, it gives me uh, time to to do what I do and put this in in the middle of my day or in the morning or whatever, but uh, wanted to talk about this one, it's one of my all-time favorite movies, and I'm talking about the 1976 version of King Kong, uh, it's still my favorite version of King Kong. I just, I love this movie. And, and a lot of it is just because of when I grew up. You know, I'm a 70s kid. So, you go to a movie when you're six, seven years old and you see a, a big cinematic film like this. You overlook all the things that become an issue, you know, from a, a film watcher a lot older, right? So, as a young kid being impressed by just movies in general. Yeah, man, this is, this one still uh, still does it for me. Uh, minus all the actual issues that are in the movie, I still have such a love for this movie. And it's probably where I first noticed, uh, how do I say this, the female anatomy. Even though I was still really young, I knew at that point that Jessica Lange was something special, right? This was her first movie that she was in. Uh, she had that look, right? The, the Marilyn Monroe, the Fay Ray, uh, just bombshell, right? And she plays it up to the teens in this one, right? And uh, so Jeff Bridges, all-star cast, really, when you look at it. Charles Grodin. Um, it's an interesting take on the story, modernizing it from the 30s to the 70s, and uh, with all the oil issues that was going on, all the OPEC stuff, uh, which, hello, still an issue. Uh, we're still being price gouged, if you want to say that kind of language. And I'm not I'm not politicizing this, even though you know you can look at this as a politicized type movie. That's definitely part of the message they were bringing across, and uh, you know, destroying the earth to sell gasoline and make a profit. Which, come on, it don't matter if it's gasoline or whatever. You know, you do what you got to do to make a living. And like George Carlin said, the planet is fine. It's the people that are screwed, right? The planet will shake us off like a bad case of fleas one day and reset everything. It's fine. We're only hurting ourselves. So, you know, I don't put too much clout in that kind of stuff. Anyways, I'll get off of that subject. I'm not a, I'm not a uh, save the earth kind of guy because I think the earth is fine. You know, we're the problem, right? So, uh, the earth will shake us off like a bad case of fleas. We are a surface nuisance. There you go. That's George Carlin for you. But yeah, I mean, this plays heavily on the whole petroleum fiasco of the 70s. All of you older people like me will remember that. 
um, yeah, the, 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 the Carter years, right, when gasoline was outrageous and you had get the gas lines, you had gas outages, uh, not that unusual or, un, you know, based, especially on today, you know, the way things are, but anyways, they're going to find this island, this, this company, this gasoline company, and supposedly it's got a lot of resources, and that's the whole reason to go in there, but when they get there, there's a bigger surprise, right? So there you go. There's your backstory. If you don't know this story, shame on you, because uh, I don't know. I, I just, it, this movie's a classic. Uh, I even, I had the lunchbox, I had the poster, I had a, even a little bitty, uh, almost like a Viewmaster, except it had film in it. They made these for a very short time, but it had like a little short roll of film in it, and it had a canister that you could pop in. It's battery operated, and you would hold it up, and you had a little view, uh, eye viewer that you could look through, Viewmaster, and watch just clips of this movie, right? As fast or as slow as you wanted to move it. Very cool. So, I mean, yeah, I was really into this movie. It had a board game. I, I was all about this King Kong version. And uh, when they get there, they're not alone, right? Several ways. You've got a tribe that's there that's kind of isolated itself on the island. Uh, not to mention the story of picking up uh, Jessica on the way, right? She's floating out in a rafter, got threw off of another boat or fell off a boat. Who knows what the story is, but anyways, that's how she gets introduced. Kind of a wonky way of bringing a character in, but anyways, that's what they do. They had to have a reason to get her on the boat. There it is, right? Of course, everybody in the boat's like, <laughs> I'd like to give her mouth to mouth. And uh, realistically, I mean, come on, people. Was there anybody any hotter than Jessica Lang at, at this time period. I mean, just anyways, <laughs> get back get back to the story. But yeah, you get there and there's this whole tribe that's isolated itself with this huge wall around them. And when our team of gasoline people show up and uh, they go inside and they see them doing a ceremony and as, as, as scared as we're supposed to be at King Kong, I was always scared of this dude in the ape mask that's leading the ceremony. I don't know if he's the king or what he is. He's definitely the leader of the tribe. This dude terrified me, man. It's, it's scary, right? And they see our invaders up here, and they stop the ceremony, and the leader of the tribe starts trying to bargain with them to trade... Jessica Lang for some of the other tribes ladies, right? Do a trade. And uh, forgot to mention Jeff Bridges. He's a he's a bleeding heart for the planet, right? He's on here and he's trying to uh, deter what this gasoline company is trying to do. So that's how he gets involved. And he's trying to communicate with this tribe leader. Doesn't go very well. Eventually having to break out the guns and start shooting in the sky to get them to back off. And then they vamoose off of there. And they go back to the ship to spend the night. And Jessica Lang is out hanging out. And these people from the tribe just come and grab her and steal her anyways. 
Obviously, she's going to be a sacrifice to the big guy, right? So they take her back. They strap her in. They get her drinking some stuff. And they tie her up, and here comes King Kong, right? Rick Baker in a monkey suit. And, again, with all the problems, I still think this looks good. You know, you've got some some early day blue screening going on here, which now when they transfer and they do the, the, the 4Ks and all of your higher transfers, you can kind of see the issues there. They could go back and fix it if they wanted to, but nobody's going to go back and fix a Dino De Laurentiis movie, right? <laughs> You're just going to leave that Joker like it is because it is what it is. Huge De Laurentiis fan, but I also know that he's very hit and miss, right? So, but when he delivers, he delivers, and, and I've always liked this one, right? Uh, the story goes on right from there. The, the group is trying to go save Jessica Lange, uh, and for the most part, people start getting knocked off by King Kong. King Kong falls in love. It's the Beauty and the Beast story. Nothing new here, uh, but for the most part, the idea is to capture King Kong, bring him back to America, and showcase, you know, the king of gasoline. <laughs> you know, so they kind of did this 70s twist on it. And uh, obviously, he's protecting Jessica Lang. You get a great fight between King Kong and a big rubber snake. And uh, again, even with all the problems, I still love this movie. And to this day, the ending of this one is more heartbreaking than any other version of King Kong. Uh, I do really like the Peter Jackson version too, but man, this one, because because of the interaction between Kong and Jessica Lange, uh, right here at the end of it, not that I'm already at the end, but this is what stands out to me about this movie. Climbing the World Trade Center, right? Which now has a totally different meaning for all of us but uh, it reminded him of home and to get up on the highest place that he could and there you go that's the story there you get you do get a lot of havoc him wrecking the town trying to find her oh there's one scene in particular when he picks up a subway train looking for Jessica Lang and he thinks he sees her in there he reaches in and grabs her and it's not her and he just throws her I've always loved the aspect of it's only her, nobody else. Everybody else are a nuisance, right? Kind of like what I was talking about a while ago. And uh, I just, that always made me stop and think about, you know, well, kind of how we are, right? We have no problem smacking a bug or stepping on an ant. Is it really any different than what we see right here? Where he just literally picks her up. Nope, that's not it. Chunks it. Throws the train down. Uh, and proceeds on until he finally finds her. Takes her up on top of the World Trade Center. And then you got these Black Hawk helicopters coming in. They're probably not Black Hawk back in the day. But, you know, but these helicopters armed with big machine guns. Very uh, Vietnam era type of machinery and um, they start blasting him and I'm telling you man this still to this day 
is a is a hard watch. It it gets it gets me in the throat, man. It really does. Um, I remember showing this to my daughter as well, and she was way into her teens at the time, and she was bawling like a baby because it's it's done so well. And again, with with all the issues that are with this movie, it's dated for sure because of when it came out. You've got some effects that were probably even not up to par. <clears throat> well, let's face it, they weren't up to par. Even for this time frame, there's some weak spots here, right? Rick Baker makes this thing happen. They had this big robot, King Kong, that you see for about three shots in this movie. It's an actual huge balloon robot that they built. I don't know if he's a balloon, but this huge robot that got him in a cage when they introduced him to the crowd there, when they introduced him back in America. Uh, you can tell there's obviously some problems here. You kind of get the jaw story here, right, where the robot just never worked like it's supposed to, so you go to other means to make the story happen. That's really what happened with this story. So a lot of that happened in the 70s because the, the ideas, the concepts were there, we just weren't really good at making the stuff to make it happen back then. But uh, for the most part, again, Rick Baker, with his expressions, with his eyes, really makes this thing work. Um, again, the cast you can't go wrong with. It's De Laurentiis, so you, you kind of know what you're getting. And again, I just love this version. And uh, I threw a poster out there last week for the release of this movie and it came out in December 17th in 76 so that's kind of why I'm doing this right here around Christmas time because the poster said King Kong for Christmas and I thought hey it's not really a Christmas movie but it came out when I was a kid around Christmas and I definitely remember that and uh, I don't know I just really have a love for this movie. It's a little long. Uh, even watching it now, you're like, yeah, this kind of goes on quite a bit. I think for the time frame when this came out, there's a lot of fantastic work that happened. I think there's not some not so great work that happened in it. So it's kind of all over the map. But uh, again, it does not sway my heart one bit. I love this version of King Kong. And let me know if you do, too. If, if you're a fan of this one, let's share that love, right? If you think it's hokey or whatever, that's fine, too. I, mean, I, I get it. You know, because, you know, it's definitely got its issues, right? But uh, I absolutely love this movie. It's a 5 out of 5 for me. Just recently got the Blu-ray, and it's not going anywhere. It's, it's, it's in my collection of my go-to flicks. Uh, it's just a piece of me. Growing up, this is one of those movies, right? So, if you haven't seen it, give it a shot. But do remember, it's 76, so even with its flaws, but stick with the story. And, you know, it is hard to explain the whole OPEC thing in the 70s to people, right? But at the same time, just remember, it's, it's a timepiece. It's a time capsule of what was going on in the 70s, modernized. And I have to give them credit for trying to do that because even Peter Jackson went back and did more of the original storyline. So trying to modernize King Kong is a challenge all to itself. And for that, De Laurentiis, I salute you. Folks, that's it for this episode. 
Hope you enjoy it. Hope you have a great Christmas. I'm not saying this is the last one I do do Christmas, but if this is the only one you listen to, Merry Christmas. Have a great New Year, and we will check you later.